MSW Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, December 14th, 2022. Today, the January 6th committee has announced it will vote on criminal referrals in a public hearing scheduled this coming Monday. The Department of Justice is trying to access data in Rep. Scott Perry's phone. Another associate of Joel Greenberg has been arrested and another dies by suicide. FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried has been indicted and arrested in the Bahamas. And Rep. Carolyn Maloney asked the National Archives to search a Trump storage unit. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hey, Dana, welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you so much. I missed you yesterday. Oh, I'm, I'm, I always appreciate you covering me when I can't be here. So I missed you as well. And it's nice to be back in the ears of the Beans listeners. Yes, it was, it's it's always weird to read the good news to you and I when it's just me. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, hello, ladies. I'm like, hey. <laughs> That's funny. Hey, me and hey. me and me. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I got a mouse in my pocket, as my dad used to say. All right. So January 6th committee is going to hold a public vote Monday, not just on criminal referrals, but referrals to ethics committees, referrals to bar associations, uh, all sorts of referrals. And they're going to do that publicly on Monday. And they're also going to vote to release the final report, which is due Wednesday. So we'll all be watching on Monday. I'll be live tweeting. Who said the holidays were going to be boring and quiet? (laughs) Oh, they will not be. And uh, I know we're not going to cover this today. Uh, in, in, in long form, but the president has signed the Respect for Marriage Act into law. This is a very big fucking deal. If you are already legally married, that will be protected. And if you want to get married in a state that believes in it, it will always be protected. Uh, so this is a huge thing. And it was uh, attended by thousands of LGBTQ activists and our allies. And it was a very it was just a really beautiful uh, ceremony. I wish I'd been there, but I've seen videos from all, a lot of my colleagues and friends. And so that happened today as well. Yeah, I'm so sad. I, I wasn't able to go this time, but yeah. uh, I, I saw all my friends there and it was just, it was absolutely a fantastic, beautiful ceremony. The weather was gorgeous. They had Cindy Lauper performing. Sam Smith was there. He sang, oh, or they sang, I should say. And they sang. And then after he signed it, he gave the pen to the Veep. Yeah. And then they played Gaga, which was great. I mean, it was just such a great ceremony. It was beautiful. Absolutely. So good things today. Good things today. But a lot of news. A lot of news. Yes. Yes, we do have a lot of news. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. From Matt Dixon at Politico, Republican state rep Joe Harding. He's a Florida legislator. Resigned from office one day after a federal grand jury indictment against him was unsealed, alleging he defrauded a federal pandemic related small business loan program. Rad. Quote, today I am resigning from my position for the same two reasons. I love people and I love Florida. That's what that's his statement. I believe in Floridians and want what is best for them. And I am not the best, clearly. No, he didn't say that. And I believe their leaders need not be encumbered by distractions that are mine alone. He's calling his seven-count felony charge a distraction. He resigned effective immediately. The Justice Department on Wednesday unsealed an indictment alleging Harding, a 35-year-old Ocala Republican, used two long-defunct companies, long-defunct companies on applications for pandemic loans through the SBA, Small Business Administration. 
He's facing six federal counts. Sorry, I thought it was seven, including two wire fraud charges for a total of 35 years in jail. Max, he won't get anywhere near that, but it's 35 years max if he's convicted on all of it. Harding pled not guilty during a hearing on Tuesday, the same day the grand jury indicted him. He said he has repaid the loans. He was released on bond. Like, well, I gave the money back to the bank, so I shouldn't have to be arrested for bankruptcy. (laughs) Absolutely. He was released on bond shortly after the preliminary hearing. The indictment alleges he fraudulently received $150,000 in federal pandemic assistance. His trial is set for January 11th in Gainesville Federal Court. Shortly after the indictment was unsealed Wednesday, Florida House Speaker Paul Renner announced Harding was removed from his committee posts. He said because the allegation did not involve his service as a member of the Florida House, he would not comment further. The indictment unsealed by the federal government claims Harding listed the VAC Shack and Harding Farms. Both companies had been inactive since 2017 on an application for small business association loans designed to help small businesses survive the pandemic. He also lied about their revenue numbers, bank statements and employee counts to secure the loans. Lied, lied, lied. This is one of the SBA indictments, I think, that Joel Greenberg's lawyer was referring to during Joel Greenberg's sentencing. He's like, come on, we gave you information on 27 people. And so far, it's just like the five of us that have been indicted. There's two more SBA indictments coming. I think this is one of them. There should be another one shortly. He also mentioned multiple people who Greenberg shared info against that committed sex crimes. And I think... It's related to this next story from the Orlando Weekly. Hey, G, Mm -hmm. real quick. One of the things that was left out of the story is this is the asshole that was behind the don't say gay bill in Florida. Just so we know, I just wanted to point that out. That fucker is the one that did this whole don't say gay bill. So I'm glad that he's in a lot of trouble now. Let's continue with the other people. (laughs) Yes, very, very good point. And now he is no longer a representative of the people of Florida. Damn right. And this is the next story. A prominent donor and ally of Ron DeSantis was found dead in a parking lot in North Florida last week. Jacksonville defense contractor Kent Sturman died of an apparent suicide outside of the Mayport post office on Thursday. Sturman owned the company Total Military Management and had donated more than $60,000 to DeSantis election funds. Sturman's connections to DeSantis go well beyond political donations. When DeSantis was pushed out of his Jacksonville district by redistricting in 2016, he moved into a Sturman-owned condo that was within the boundaries of the new district to run for office. Sturman was appointed to the Board of Governors overseeing state universities by DeSantis. The 50-year-old contractor was reportedly under investigation for sexual misconduct, according to Jacksonville Sheriff's Office. This investigation remains ongoing at the time, will continue until its completion. As with all active investigations, he said there's limited information available to release at this time. That is Jacksonville Sheriff T.K. Waters. Quote, however, as soon as this investigation has been completed, all applicable information will be available for release to the public. Now, Sturman was a big time mover and shaker in First Coast politics under the tenure of former Jacksonville Sheriff Mike Williams. Sturman had access card to JSO headquarters in spite of not serving as law enforcement. He used the card hundreds of times, including 87 times this year. The access swipes stopped just days before the swearing in of the current sheriff. He publicly donated 140 grand to political causes and campaigns in the state. He'd suffered a stroke last week and was released from the hospital on the day of his death. He spoke to Florida politics on the day of his death and said he was planning to move away from political life. Now, there's no public reporting that ties this guy to Greenberg, but my money is that this referral came from that case. We don't know. I think you're probably right. AG, thank you for that. The House Oversight Committee sent a letter to the National Archives on Tuesday, and they are requesting a review to determine whether... 
the former guy has retained any additional presidential records at his storage facility in Florida. The request from the committee's chairwoman, this is Rep. Carolyn Maloney. She's a Democrat from New York. This follows a report from the Washington Post that at least two items marked classified were found by an outside team hired by Trump to search a storage unit, along with at least two of his properties. And this is after his legal team was pressed by a federal judge to attest that it had fully complied with a May grand jury subpoena to turn over all materials bearing classified markings. Yeah, and we and we should say here that Trump didn't decide to do this. He was ordered to do this by Judge Beryl Howell. Yeah, 100%. Trump is not going to do any of this voluntarily. Well, according to the letter, this was obtained by the Post. Maloney expressed concern to acting archivist Deborah Studdlewall that Trump's storage facility and other properties, quote, may contain presidential records that were not the focus of the search and therefore have not been turned over to the federal government and went on to say this inquiry, which is separate from the Department of Justice's ongoing criminal investigation into Mr. Trump's actions, it seeks to understand the full extent and impact of former President Trump's violations of the Presidential Records Act in order to, quote, determine what additional steps, including potential legislative reforms, may be needed to ensure the preservation of presidential records for the American people. That was Maloney. Now, whether Maloney's investigation is going to gain traction is kind of unclear at this point. She's got about two weeks left as the committee's chair before the Republicans take over the House in 2023. So this may just be making some noise, but it may not. I mean, it may still have legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll see. And I mean, the referral has been made. So now it's up to the archivist who's not going anywhere in two weeks. And is, <laughs> so. Yeah, correct. He, there's no committee change on that. Nope. And Dana, as we now know, Hunter Walker over at Talking Points Memo has all the Mark Meadows texts that the 1-6 committee had. And in one report about members of Congress texting Mark Meadows, we learned about this exchange. Quote, that same week in November 25th of 2020, Rick Perry, the former governor of Texas, who had been Trump's secretary of energy, encouraged Meadows to speak to a man involved with a website that allowed social media users to become vote detectives and investigate ballots. Perry seemed convinced this would blow the whole voter fraud thing wide open. God, they're morons. (laughs) Quote, this changes the dynamic, Scott Perry wrote, adding, this is for all the marbles. The biggest, most respected data guy in Georgia went through this new platform, finished Sunday and said, wow, unquote. Now, Meadows apparently gave Perry's contact a phone call. And a phone call with Talking Points memo on Tuesday of this week, though, Scott Perry claimed that he had previously called Verizon and found that the texts committee investigators identified as coming from him in the log were fake. Quote, I had no recollections of those. As a matter of fact, I called Verizon and asked them to go back and look at my text messages and they could not confirm them either. That's because they can't go back and look at your text messages, Scott. (laughs) When TPM began to read the texts to Perry on the phone... He said, you can read anything that you want that's made up. I don't consider that to be anything other than hearsay or potential felonious statement that somebody else has put in the record. (laughs) Okay. By the way, Dana, the same day we learned about this little exchange and Scott Perry's denial of him ever writing the text and that they were fake, we learned the Department of Justice just got a second warrant to get the data off his confiscated phone. (laughs) (laughs) This is from Caitlin Polance at CNN, who's doing some incredible reporting on this. Perry's phone was seized in August as part of the federal criminal probe into January 6th and efforts to impede the transfer of power. Perry previously said the Justice Department told his attorneys he was not a target. Perry sued the Justice Department days after the search, then quickly asked the court to put the public-facing lawsuit on hold. 
The Justice Department approached Perry's phone seizure and other phone seizures from Trump allies in two parts, according to sources familiar. DOJ would image the phone through an initial warrant, then seek a second warrant through confidential court proceedings to access the data. They've done this before, remember? The subpoena two-step, or the search warrant two-step, I should say. After Perry's lawsuit, by the way, I'm going to ask Andy McCabe about that on the next episode of Jack, so stay tuned for that on Sunday. But after Perry's lawsuit, the dispute went under seal with Perry's lawyers and Justice Department investigators appearing in mid-October before Beryl Howell during a hearing that was closed to the public. CNN reporters observed this at the time. It's unclear how the case was resolved or if it's ongoing, his lawsuit. Perry asked to dismiss his public-facing lawsuit in late October. It's one of several secret court fights that have added intrigue to the January 6th investigation in recent months. Perry, according to his lawsuit, tried to hold off federal investigators from accessing his phone data by claiming some of it was personal or protected by the old speech or debate clause, which protects the work of members of Congress. Federal prosecutors told Perry's team they're willing to negotiate to some extent, according to his public court filings. So very interesting story out today. AG, thank you so much. All right, last story in this section. The former CEO of failed cryptocurrency firm FTX, well, Sam Bankman-Fried, has been arrested in the Bahamas at the request of the U.S. government, U.S. and Bahamian? Bahamian? Uh, Bahamian, Bahamian, yeah. Bahamian, yep. Authorities said Monday. Okay, the arrest was made Monday after the U.S. (laughs) I'm thinking about a Facebook post where everyone gets a lot of humor out of me trying to (laughs) navigate the English language, and I'm glad you all enjoy this. Okay, now... (laughs) Okay. The arrest was made Monday after the U.S. filed criminal charges that are expected to be unsealed Tuesday. And that's according to U.S. Attorney Damien Williams. Now, Bankman Freed had been under criminal investigation by U.S. and Bahamian authorities following the collapse last month of FTX. The firm filed for bankruptcy on November 11th when it ran out of money after the cryptocurrency equivalent of a bank run. Okay. This is a quote from Williams. We expect to move to unseal the indictment in the morning and we'll have more to say at that time. Now, Bahamian, uh, Bahamian, it's got to be Bahamian, Bahamian Attorney General Brian Pintner said that the Bahamas would, quote, promptly extradite Bankman Freed to the U.S. once the indictment is unsealed and U.S. authorities make a formal request. FTX is headquartered in the Bahamas and Bankman Freed has largely remained in his Bahamian luxury compound in Nassau. And this is since the company's failure. So he's been there that, since that happened. A spokesman for Bankman Freed uh, had no comment Monday evening. Bankman Freed has a right to contest his extradition, which could delay but not likely stop his transfer back to the U.S. So Freed's arrest comes just a uh, day before he was due to testify in front of the House Financial Services Committee. This is from Waters. Maxine, as we know and love, the Democrat from California, the chairwoman of the committee, she said she was disappointed that the American public and FTX's customers would not get to see Bankman Freed testify under oath. She likes to see people held accountable. Mm. Now, Bankman Freed was one of the world's wealthiest people on paper with an estimated net worth of $32 billion. He was a prominent personality in Washington, donating millions of dollars toward mostly left-leaning political causes and democratic political campaigns. FTX grew to become the second largest cryptocurrency exchange in the world. It just goes to show you Greed and corruption isn't necessarily one party system. But he did make several million dollar donations to the Republican Party as well. He was trying to buy access and and favor with Uh, both both sides, both parties. Yeah, I knew you'd know. Now, (laughs) that all raveled quickly last month when reports called into question the strength of FTX's balance sheet. 
Customers moved to withdraw billions of dollars, but FTX could not meet all the requests because it apparently used its customers' deposits to cover bad bets at Bankman Freed's investment arm, which is Alameda Research. Now, Bankman Freed said recently that he did not, quote, knowingly misuse customers' bullshit funds and said he believes his millions of angry customers will eventually be made whole. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission said it had a authorized separate charges related to alleged violations of security laws and filed them publicly on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and, and you know, if uh, let's say he, I think more than half of his donations, 73 million in total, I think more than half went to, went to Democrats, which just goes to show. Yeah. Democrats, if you're a, f- a fucking criminal, we want you to face charges. <laughs> like 100%. All that money has to be given back. I know Beto gave back some money. All you know, all of it has to be probably clawed back from from the Republican Senate uh, committee, election committee. You know, just all of that. So it's going to take a while to sort out. And uh, what I think he's hoping is that once he claws back all of this money from political donations, he can make his customers whole. But that's only seventy three million, and he owes these people billions of dollars. So it's like another Bernie Madoff. Yeah. So unbelievable. Yeah. And um, so much for, you know, trying to keep cryptocurrency out of the government, right? Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) (laughs) They'll never know. We'll just use this uh, cryptocurrency blockchain stuff and they'll never find us. Well, we found you. All right. That is the news for today. We have some good news on the way. If you have any good news you want to send in, you can do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Are you struggling with our broken healthcare system in America? My name is Laura Packard, and my podcast, Care Talk, covers healthcare in America from a progressive perspective. Don't have health insurance? Don't understand the differences between insurance plans? Dealing with surprise medical bills, out of control prescription drug costs, or can't get the care you need? We'll get you answers. Do you think healthcare is a human right and we've got to do better in this country? If this describes you or a friend or family member, listen to Care Talk with Laura Packard, podcast weekly on Tuesdays. Our healthcare experts answer your questions every week, and they go in-depth on healthcare topics such as access to abortion after row, how gun violence affects healthcare, fighting medical bills, and more. Go to act.tv slash care talk. Or search for Care Talk with Laura Packard on your favorite podcast app to listen today. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, pod pets you want to send in, especially ones in costume, baby photos, frogs, uh, whatever you want to send to us, you can do so by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. And of course, our new thing, cute letters to Santa and the Tooth Fairy and the Easter Bunny. Send them. I want to see them. And here's a reminder to patrons and supercasters that the, the show Jack will be in your feed if you're subscribed at the Justice Enforcers level or higher. What's happening is a lot of people at the $3 level are staying at the same tier and just upping their monthly donation. And that's not, you have to get on that tier. So check your tier if you're not seeing Jack in your premium feed, but uh, you think you should be. So 
on something very important. Again, if you're if you just upped your lower tier to five dollars, you have to actually sign up for that higher tier in order to make the feed click on and get the get the get the jackpot in your ears. All right. With that, first up from Allison, pronouns she and her. I just wanted to say I literally lolled last week when you both dropped the dirty rotten scoundrels reference. <laughs> also, every time you what were we talking? Don't take the cork off the fork. Was that what we? May I please go to the restroom? Yeah, correct. Right. Also, every time you mentioned when Jim Trusty was asked to give one example when a special master was provided and he couldn't, it makes me think of Pretty Woman, the scene where Vivian was talking to Kit and asked for an example of who it worked out for. And Kit's response was, you want me to, like, give you a name or something? (laughs) Oh, God, the pressure of a name. Cinda fucking Rella. (laughs) Love that one. Could you imagine if Trusty came up with that response? You both, oh my you God, both send a fucking rella. You both make my heart happy when I listen. And thank you for all you do. Here are some pics of our dogs in the winter dino PJs. People slowed down Aww. and rolled down their windows to have their kids look at them. <gasps> the puppy. So sweet. Okay. They're really okay, cute. Jammies are awesome. <laughs> Oh my God. Oh, this next post. Okay. This is from Brian pronouns. He and him just around 17 months old. I let the beans know about my wife and I's second pregnancy that we weren't ready to share with the family. The second pregnancy came after struggling for years to get our first daughter. Today, our second Katya turns one year old. While life has changed a lot, one constant has been having the beans in the morning while I shower. Thanks for all you do. And these baby (laughs) pictures and the baby turning one. Ugh adorable it's cake it's in cake look at that that's is that a raggedy ann no it's a it's a yellow brick road it's a it's a oh yeah it's dorothy how cute Cute. okay the top left picture dana oh i know i know bows on baby's heads giant bows on baby's heads yes it's a thing it's a thing and i love it Next up from McLean, pronouns he and him hey leguminati ag and dg are number one on my daily podcast queue I work third shift and the podcast drops every night just in time for my second break. I listen to the first half of the episode on break, finish it on my drive home. Good news. I'm a new dog dad. I haven't had a dog since I was a kid. I've had cats my whole life, but never thought I'd have enough time or attention to have a dog. Well, now that I'm damn near 40 years old, I figured I'm mature enough to be a dog dad. Meet Tonka. (laughs) No need to what the mutt. He's a whole ass pity. (laughs) (laughs) He's a whole ass pity Tonka truck. I love it. He's about seven months old. He's the best dog I could have hoped for. Overall, he's the happiest dog in the world. Uh, Just wants to let everyone know. And mostly healthy. I say mostly because we took him in for his first vet wellness visit and uh, to have a bump checked out and on his head. And I assumed he got that while doing zoomies. Turns out it wasn't a bump, but a tumor. The vet assured me it was the disappearing kind of tumor and it should be gone in a month or so. Luckily, it's getting smaller and seems to be getting better. A week after that, we came to the realization that he's completely deaf. At first, I thought he was just a defiant little dog and assumed he didn't answer to his name because not, you know, not only do we call him Tonka, but we also call him Tonka Trunk, Honky Tonk, Tonka Truck, Honky Tonk, Tonk the Chonk, and so on. <laughs> he will get an official deaf test at the vet in a couple of weeks. All's well, though. He tries his best to be a good boy. All <laughs> I have seen spear. I just saw the picture. Oh, I have to. I, have, I haven't seen it yet. I'm, I'm, I'm saving it for myself. 
All is well. He tries his best to be a good boy. All I have to do is come up with an entire dog sign language. It's been a good reminder that pets can also have disabilities and health problems that aren't their fault. They take a little extra work, love and care. But in the end, it's so worth it to see his excited wiggly butt when I get home from work. I've attached a few pictures, two of him being cute AF and one of he and I in our Bill's Mafia gear where I don't look proud at all of my first dog in 25 years. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god so sweet look at the ears i mean the ears uh, oh look at that bill's gear and there's a buffalo i see a buffalo a stuffed oh buffalo. my god so good the second picture kills me i know with the smile upside down smiles oh my Adorable. god so sweet thank you Congrats. so much for that all right this is from anonymous pronoun she and her hello bqs this is only to bring you smiles ag it's not a frog orgy but it's our pet uh ex- <laughs> X X X X I don't even know the word. Axolotl. Axolotl. I'm just gonna let you go. I'll just run with it. Yeah, fuck we'll off. Is emails. it an axolotl? <laughs> axolotl. If you guys aren't laughing right now, you're dead inside. It's a pet axolotl. Is that a thing? <laughs> going. Axolotl mochi. I hate you all. She's almost. <laughs> A pet axolotl. She's no, I can't stop giggling. She's almost ten and makes us smile every day. And of course, our puppers disguised as snowmen. Uh, You're part of our daily routine. Keep up the good work. What's a pet axolotl? You got it. (laughs) It's Google it. It's they're amazing. Oh my god! Oh, look at the second picture. They are very cute. Yes, they definitely are. One dog's happy about the pajamas. The other one, not so much. Oh, the, yeah, the dogs in jammies. Look at that. Is that a little Pomeranian? Oh, my in duck, God. And duck jammies. So yeah. cute. Thank you for that in the axolotl. Uh, from Mike in Ohio. Meet Petunia the possum. It's like a, it's an interesting animal day. Whenever my wife or I see a possum, we call it Petunia. I wrote previously about a possum getting into the snacks we leave, we leave out for delivery people. Now, apparently, she's taken to searching through the recycle bin for food. She always tips it over when getting out. Sometimes I hear a loud crash from the back porch. I tell my wife, I think that was Petunia. Similarly, we name all groundhogs Gloria. (laughs) (laughs) G-L-O-R-I-A, Gloria. After the 60s song. This year, I had the pleasure of shouting across the house to my wife, baby, Gloria. I have many more photos, but I hope I pick the best one. Bonus picture of Pippin the cat sleeping in a super cute position. Also, shout out to the Discord homies. This is Mike the Slut. Okay. Mike the All right. There you go. There's Excellent. a whole lot of, lot of things in that story. <laughs> Thanks, Mike the Slut from the Discord homies. Axolotl. Axolotl. That's <laughs> a fun you. animal. It okay. is. It's very cool. Uh, everyone, thank you for sending in your, <laughs> sending in your good news. <laughs> Jesus. Please send in your difficult to pronounce things. <laughs> and mark them. Story for AG. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, you can send everything at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Also, there's a new episode of Cleanup on Aisle 45 out today. You should check that out. Any any final thoughts, Dana, before we head out? Not today. Nope. All right, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. And take someone with you. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans? I think so. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane. 
with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. <laughs>